This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? <sighs> Ooh, a book club. <sighs> Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, <sighs> oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Right everyone, it's part three of Gigpod Rewind, where we look back at season 2010-2011. I'm Stevie, and Reedzo returns to talk about a season where Celtic didn't win a league, threw away a league cup, and yet it was enjoyable. Uh, and December 2010 was pretty dreadful too, much like this year's December so far. Yeah, sadly it's not even finished yet. But you never stayed away at end, John, so please explain yourself to the listeners. Hello, everybody. Hello, Stevie. I was made of stronger stuff then. Now, now I've been ground down and I'm, and I'm an old man now. But I'd like to say thanks to Tony for uh, replacing me the other day. I thought it was fantastic. And no doubt he'll be back in the pod again. But yes, I am back. Hello, everybody. <laughs> and are you uh, going to tell everybody your news about the fact that you're actually not back a freebie on Saturday? Yes, I could have went to the game on Saturday, thanks to your good self, but no, I have turned it down. But uh, we will be meeting up in Mollers, that wonderful pub, after the game. So stay tuned for the results of that when we're back after Christmas, listeners. Brilliant, thanks for telling everybody our plans. Can't wait to get glass, John. And I, and I tried to buy your hilarious Christmas present today, but unfortunately uh, the ones that I found weren't that good, so I'll, uh, I'll try again tomorrow. So there's you can put up a picture of your present once I buy it. On the Instagram for the for the listeners, because I'm sure they'll love to see what it is. No new, I bet it's just a selection box of Poundland, but I'll be very grateful, John. Thank you, brother. Well, well, we actually right, we got up to the split. Celtic had just gub Kilmarnock at Robbie Park. Christ, remember those days? We won four 0 We were a point behind Rangers, but we had a game in hand, so it got to the split. Fixtures were Rangers versus Celtic. That was the first game. 
Then we had Celtic against Dundee United. Then we had a trip to Inverness on the 4th of May. Kilmarnock after that away. Then we had Tynecastle to go to and then on the last day, home to Motherwell. So, what was a game you went In fact, no, you went at the game at Ibrox, weren't you, John? The 0-0 game. So, why don't you talk about that? What are your memories? And we'll go into the eventful uh, penalty miss later, but what was it all like beforehand? Well, it was tense because it was, a, it was like completely different from the season before, but obviously the season had like ended in March apart from the the Scottish Cup which we'll not talk about that but I mean, it was a really tense game because it would been a very long and draining season even more even longer than this season would you believe well it was the end of the season but no it was like I don't know hard to explain but it, it, it was such a huge game that everybody was pretty nervous because basically if we lost the league was over I mean you wouldn't admit that unlike nowadays but Practically, the league was over if we lost, but everybody was pretty confident. But all I really remember is that it was a game of few chances. I think Sammy had a header saved by McGregor until like, the last 10 minutes where Anthony Stokes came on. And this will actually get ready to faint, listeners. We got a penalty at Ibrox and a title decider. Can't believe that. Would you have any chance of that happening on nowadays, Stevie? I remember seeing that at the time, and I did think it was a soft decision. I can't remember who the ref was. Uh, you might have to. Oh wait, was it was it Craig Thompson? Maybe I can't remember. But I, I always remember like thinking that was such a. I was Craig Thompson was the ref, and it was kind of justice. So if you think about it, because remember Rangers got a penalty at Celtic Park when they won three one. Uh, Willie Collin gave it when cut Broadfoot blatantly dived, but Willie Collin wasn't looking. He turned round and he saw him hit the deck, and he gave a penalty against Mistorovic. So, aye, I'd say it was a bit of justice uh, after that one. But I don't think it was a penalty. Stokes, I think, beat Whitaker, And I think him and Stephen Davis went into a 50-50 and like, Davis shoulder-barged them. But it was very soft. Um, I think everybody had a, a feeling that Samaras was going to miss that penalty, didn't they? I have to say, I didn't even watch it. I was at the game. The only game I attended at Irox that season after a memorably not back a ticket for a, a legendary 2-0 win at New Year. And I was right at the very end of the... Sort of bits separating the fans. I was the very last seat, and then it was the segregation, then it was the Rangers fans. But there wasn't really, that's so shocking, there wasn't even really that much like taunting between the fans. I think everybody was just so sort of nervous, both sets of fans. My initial thought was yes, and then I immediately thought, oh no, what's going to happen? We're going to miss it. And I, I just couldn't watch it. I put my. I put my head in my hands, I think, and I just closed my eyes, one or the other. Something, something ridiculously theatrical like that. And then I just heard their fans going ballistic and I thought, oh, Sammy. And then all I remember is that after the game, me and my mate Pingu, Noah guy that's on Twitter, another guy, were on the supporters bus going back and everybody, I think, was pretty content because it was still in their own hands. And I remember I just said to him, we fucked it, haven't we? And he went, I think we have as well. And that's what I always remember most about that game, how after that I thought, I think we fucked this. And then, of course, you, you, you think, no, we can still do it. I mean... We'll talk about Dusdrighted in a minute, but that was a convincing win and it was in their own hands and we still thought, oh, well, we'll do it. But then secretly at the back of my mind, I thought, we've blown this. Because if we'd scored that, I think we would have practically won the league. I, I don't think we would have blown it the way we did. But no, that's really what I remember most. How me and my mate Pingu thought we fucked up. Well, it makes the other guys for the bus were like fairly content. And I remember one of the guys, or one of the other guys, strong enough, looked to me and went, cheer up. Still in our own hands, because I think I must have been looking despondent. But uh, I was right to, because I just thought, that's that's a big opportunity wasted. I mean, 
win a, a winning at Ibrox twice in the league we in a season we rarely do that. I mean, we didn't even do that under Ange. So nah. That that was a big opportunity missed. It's funny though that season, because other than that penalty miss for Samaras, uh, we were pretty clinical from the spot. I think Chris Common scored a couple and Anthony Stokes scored a few in Samaras as well. Here's one for you though, and this is a uh, Rangers being hilarious again with astonishness. So the weekend that we played uh, Dundee United, David Weir had a <laughs> a tribute to the Royal Wedding because uh, Will and Kate get married on the Saturday, uh, the 29th. <laughs> and I think on on the shirt it said congrats Will and Kate and it had their, their wedding date and everything. It was so bizarre. But uh, it turns out David Weir could have faced an inquiry about it. And the funny thing, I think it was FIFA regulations said that compulsory equipment states these tops must not contain any religious, political or personal statements. Uh, and that's what it was deemed as. Watersmith actually was asked about it and he said, sorry, I can't enlighten you at all. Don't know anything about it. It must have been a kit man. <laughs> Good old Rangers, what a club. It'd be, be really embarrassing if we let them win a league this season. But of course that won't happen. Right, let's go back to another season where we let Rangers win a league, 2011, and we beat Dungeons United 4-1. What are your memories of that game? Oh, I, was, I was dying uh, at the hangover. It was a terrible hangover, but I still went to the game, John. Much like last weekend there, I was oh, I was dying, man. I was out at the Bonacob pub for, I was, believe it or not, still playing football back then, and one of the boys on the team was getting married. So we had these stag do there, and it was a free bar. Oh, it was terrible. I overdone it. It was roasting. Roasting against Dundee United. Stokes and Hooper combined to make it 1-0. Gary Hooper opened the score and it was, yeah. And then Kayao scored a screamer for distance. And I remember thinking then, we're going to go on and do them by a few here. And I was relieved that we got that to the goal cushion because, as you remember, Dundee United were a very difficult opponent that season. Uh, we made it 3-0. And then David Goodwillie pulled a goal back. And then Daryl Murphy, if memory uh, serves me connect, scored like an amazing solo goal. He got the ball with a halfway line. Was up against four defenders, beat them all, and lobbed it over that Dusan Pernis. So, great performance, great game, uh, great weather. Just a shame how miserable I felt. I think I was living in a flat in Cuthcart at the time. And directly after it, instead of going to the pub, I got out with my mates, and it was still scorching uh, in April. I just went right home and right to my bed, and I woke up, and it was still quite light outside. Shambles, and the sad thing is, John, I'd only just turned 25 back then, so I was always like an old guy at heart. I was like Alan Brazil in my 20s. How do you remember the minutiae night out for over 12 years ago? That's just a, an unbelievable talent. I'm very sad. Well, that's for the listeners to judge. And that night, uh, Emilio Izaguirre, superb left back in his first season at Celtic, was named as the Scottish Football Player of the Year, voted for by his uh, fellow professionals. He was given the award by Davy Moyes, I recall, a man who somehow hasn't been Celtic manager in the 12 years since the events of this season took place, even though he's been linked with Celtic hundreds of times, he's never been the manager. Who knows, maybe he will be in the future. But no, uh, Emilio really deserved to win that award because he was fantastic that season. It was just a pity that he suffered an injury not long into the next season, broke his ankle against Aberdeen, and he was never the same player again. But, I mean, I think you'll agree that he fully deserved to be named as a player of the year that season. He won the... Football Writers Player of the Year as well. The aforementioned David Goodwillie actually won the Young Player of the Year. But no, as he fully deserved those awards. Joe Ledley was fantastic for us that season as well, though. But yeah, Izaguirre was the standout, definitely. A real fan's favourite too. 
Um, and when you consider that game that he started against Murrow, he was completely unknown, but he was outstanding at Fur Park that day. Um, I look at his Celtic career as well. At 38 assists. That's quite impressive, isn't it? And I think the majority of them, when you look at them, would have been probably the first season and also maybe what Dyla's first season, maybe? 38 assists. I'm very surprised with. Does that shock you, that stat? Not really, because he had such a good first season and he was at Celtic for years. I mean, don't forget, he did come back for a second spell, so... And he was like, a, a major focal point in our attack for a, a good while. But, I mean, it was just a pity that injury really stifled his career. It probably stopped us for selling him for millions too, because we, we like to do that even then. But, no, I, I mean, it's just a pity. Like, people might see him as a one-season wonder, just because of how brilliant he was in his first season. But that'd be unfair, because he, he did have a good career with us. But that broken ankle up at Aberdeen... I think the second game of the next season, if I'm right, just uh, totally ruined his Celtic career, and that's a pity. But no, he was a great player for us. So you can talk about the events after that game, if you want, leading up to the game against Inverness on the Wednesday after the Dungeon United game. Lucky me. Just very quickly on Izagiri as well. I was looking at his stats, and he has one Champions League assist, and of course, it was the one where we finally won away when we scored in Moscow in the 90th minute. And Salmon asked put that header away, so I thank you, Izzy, for that. Yes, after that game, uh, the players under Neil Lennon's management went out to the West End. Um, th- I think the talk was went to Braille. They were certainly out at Ashton Lane after the hotel and everything. And a lot of our first team players after that game and after those awards got royally pissed. Uh, we then went to Inverness a couple of days after that. I'm trying to remember the score here, John. Why don't you remind me? Inverness 3, Celtic 2. A catastrophe Inverness. Not the first time we've suffered one of them and not the last time either. I think it was on like 6 o'clock or something, wasn't it? On ESPN at the time. And Charlie Mulgrew, uh, Adam, that boy Adam Rooney, he flicked it into Charlie Mulgrew and it went past Fraser Foster. The sun was shining in his eyes. But then Chris Coleman scored a couple of uh, minutes later and you thought, right, okay, we're going to go on now and do them. And then we just capitulated in that second half, Grant Monroe scored like a volley, and then Shane Sutherland, a couple of minutes later, made it 3-1. 3-1 was too much to come back from. Now, if the players were professional, uh, and if the players were focused, might have not even got to that stage, but when you're asking guys um, who, from what we heard, were uh, out till the early hours of Monday morning, when they had a game on Wednesday, if you're asking them to be 100% and to claw back three goals in the space of half an hour, it's a very big ask. I remember me and you, we've talked about that for ages, John, and yes, okay, fine, Celtic have won league since, but still does it stop hurting, does it? Because it was so self-inflicted from the management team. Yeah, we really should have won the league. I mean, we played, we got like a lot of points off Rangers that season when nobody expected us to, but we showed that we were a good team, especially after the dreadful season before nearly end, shortly enough, actually looked to be a good manager then. And I think he'd like some great results in the next couple of years. I mean, that win against Barcelona, the wins over Lazio more recently. But I mean, I think his best season as a manager was this season because he picked up that team off the floor and they really should have won the league against a really good Rangers manager, Walter Smith. I mean, one of the best managers Rangers have ever had, probably. And we really competed and nobody saw it coming. I mean, a bit similar to how Ange like, sort of turned Celtic around in his first season. But of course, we did win the league. And obviously Lenny did go on to win leagues at Celtic. But no, I think this was his best season as a Celtic manager. Football we played was great. Everybody was behind him. 
maybe a bit much behind him and like I think that ended up causing problems down the road where I think his ego got too big. But that happens to football managers, they have got egos, but I think Lenny's really did get big and it was all about Lenny basically. Especially towards the end of his time at Celtic. I know that's shocking that Lenny would act like that, but there you go. But no, it was so disappointing to blow the league the way we did. I mean, obviously we still had three games to go that were eventful in their own ways, but I think everybody knew secretly that we fucked it. And we had. But no, it was just so strange. Like, you'd think that after Commons equalised, like literally minutes after going a goal behind in the first ten minutes, we'd, we'd really come back. But it, it didn't happen. Just just a long line and another lot of poor results at Inverness. Thankfully, we don't lose to them anymore. I mean, we did in the cup final last year. But no, that, that was just a, a very, very sad day, as I remember. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Yep, so as it stood, Rangers. And Celtic both played 35 games. We no longer had a, a game in hand. We were a point behind. We had a bit of goal difference, but you didn't feel as if it was going to count for anything. Uh, Rangers really had to lose one of their last few games. Now, the next game we beat Kilmarnock, it was very forgettable. Chris Coleman scored an utter screamer. But yeah, we got three points there. And then it led into a game in midweek on the 11th of May against Hearts at Tynecastle. Uh, we won 3 0, but the game was overshadowed by an attack by a Hearts fan on Neil Lennon. Uh, and John, I was at this game, so if you want to ask me my memories of it, feel free. But were you in the match, or did you watch that on TV, and where did you watch it, if so? I think I watched it in my own house, as far as I remember. I don't think I went to the pub because I lost faith in his win in the league, and unsurprisingly, I'd given up on Celtic. So I was I was saving my my money to get a good drink up after the cup final but no i just watched it on the telly and obviously i mean i just got the picture of what was on telly you were there that night i mean what was the atmosphere like we've had some uh interesting occasions at Tyne, at Tyne Castle in the past back when we used to get that full stand which i think we had that night obviously those days are long gone but it sounded like a sort of a mad atmosphere and what was that like i mean after the Lennon incident where the fan attacked him and like after the game as well? Well, after the game, uh, we got held back for quite a bit. I remember that and it was... Uh, I actually got the train home that time. Um, I was with someone from my old work who got a last-minute ticket for me. So I did, getting home was okay because back then, believe it or not, I didn't wear a lot of Celtic colours, John. Uh, I was just wearing my uh, ordinary clothes, a lot like Danny McGrain would do. But no, at the game was oh, it was poisonous. Like it was really, you could feel there was like a a lumen sort of 
sense of dread in the atmosphere. I don't know how to explain it because obviously like, Hearts didn't really have anything to play for. We of course did, but you just felt as if Hearts were determined to win that game to end the title there and then. And of course, you remember our last trip to Tynecastle. Uh, we get comprehensively beaten 2-0, yeah, you know, on the, on the pitch, fantastic, we were, we were brilliant, Gary Hooper scored after like 10 minutes or something, I think it was that guy, Zaliukas, um, who's passed away now, I think he passed it right to Commons and he played in Hooper, made it 1-0 and it was good to get that early goal because, as I say, in the first 10 minutes or so, uh, you were on edge thinking if Hearts got the first goal, oh, it would have been terrible and... There probably would have been riots and Rammies and all that as well if we get beat that night. Certainly the way that we were all feeling as a collective fan base. You know, the, the thought of Hearts being the team to stop us winning the league, we would have just went mad at it. But the first goal was great. And then, uh, what was it? I think he had an effort saved. And then, or he might have played in Hooper to make it 2-0. I think before that, David Abua was sent off. And then Chris Commons scored a third. And he was sent off again because he celebrated the goal with all the fans behind the stand um, but it was an emotional night obviously so there was a bit of solidarity and togetherness which was great between the players and the fans then so obviously it was out of the game against Burnable in the final day but it wouldn't have mattered after that he did come back in for the cup final but yeah uh, of course the, the main incident was that guy that ran on to attack Neil Lennon and I've, I've got to say like I was going mad when Hooper scored to make it 2-0 and I didn't see a thing I remember where I was sitting uh, it was quite near the corner flag uh, opposite where Hooper scored, so it wasn't at the side where Chris Commons ran into, it was at the other side. But I didn't see anything. I was fairly high up, uh, and I was just celebrating with my mate, just saying, thank God we're not going to lose it tonight. You'd rather take it to the final day anyway, and then you just you saw the entire main stand there going mad, and you saw loads of police and stewards all running over, and I think with everything that was happening to Neil Lennon that season, he didn't have to be a genius to figure out what had happened there, you know, if you saw a guy getting dragged away but having seen the replays of it I think the only humour I can say in it is it was the worst attempt to an attack at all time, he completely missed Lennon he got a wee uh, kick for his troubles and I think Thompson tried to intervene as well so I think his name was John Wilson wasn't it and he got off weight in the next season so there's never been anything like that in Scottish football ever since John, I remember you saying that you know, with the stuff that Neil Lennon got through in the post but you've never seen anything like that as well towards a, a manager in the sidelines it was just unparalleled stuff although he did argue with a fan when we drew one each way a broth but there was no violence or anything so he did I, f- I forgot about that yes uh, unlike Lenny he argued with a fan but no that was terrible and just yet another example of the absolute mayhem of that season but no I mean as you say that win against Hearts didn't mean it went did mean that it went to the last day we were playing Motherwell at home in a preview of the Scottish Cup final, which was against Motherwell the following week. Rangers were at Kilmarnock, that wonderful stadium where we never struggle. And unfortunately, they scored three goals in the first seven minutes, and that meant that they had the league wrapped up in seven minutes, unfortunately. I mean, we did go on to win the game comfortably, and of course that song, uh, Some- Something Inside So Strong by Labby Seafree was played before the game, because that was uh, adopted as Lenny's anthem. Was uh, was the vigil for Lenny around this time as well, or was that talked about in the last episode? I don't know if we did talk about it in the last episode, God, it was like a few weeks ago, wasn't it? But that's right, there was a vigil, John, on a Saturday night as well, and I remember it was the Daily Record covered that, like, they sent 
like not just nowadays it would just be like a, a wee guy with a phone, uh, freelance or something doing it. But I, I think they they sent like three or four reporters there to cover it all. I doubt we'll be having we'll be having a vigil for Brendan. Let's see anytime soon. But no, I mean it was on a Thursday night actually because I've got the report here. Thursday night, twenty third April, around about that, uh, twenty eleven. So I don't know. It was a a very strange uh, time at Celtic, even stranger than now, I'd say, because at least like you could understand just strangeness since then. But no, I mean the last game of the season, we did comfortably beat Motherwell, and I mean I mean I remember the fans doing the huddle and like the players got a good reception towards the end, but. It didn't really mean anything because Rangers had the league one in seven minutes. Anyway, we'll go on to the final. Oh, this will give you a laugh. So I don't think you know this story about me in the final. We played Motherwell. Uh, it was a terrible day at Hamden, wasn't it? Uh, a lashing down the rain and it didn't stop all day. But here's one for you. Do you know I left that game at half time? I didn't know. I mean, we've known each other for over a decade and you've never told me this. What was the reasons for you leaving? Were you hungover? Uh, no, I had food poisoning. I felt... So sick, I had something in the morning. I'm not going to tell me who made it right, but uh, let's just say they're, a, they're not a good cook, unlike Haksabanovich. But they uh, somebody made me a breakfast, and within a few hours, I just felt absolutely appalling. See that way, where my face was chalk white, I was going to throw up, and I had I just felt as if, if I didn't run to the toilet, then the game was gone basically without getting too graphic. But I remember doing all that, going to the toilet, doing a tactical. Uh, and still after it feeling utterly, utterly dreadful to the point that there was medics around me at Hamden uh, asking if they could take me to the medical room because I looked so, so bad and I remember just saying to them, do you know what, I'm going to have to go at that time I lived, I think I told you already, I lived at Kivkart so I was five minutes walk away from Hamden I just had to go home, I watched the rest on the couch uh, on BBC Scotland and that was me so there you go, I've never told you that story nobody knows it, but yes, food poisoning got the better of me and I couldn't see Celtic lift the cup, but I did at least go I was part of the official attendance, John, so I'm not that bad I mean, what a, what a moment just sums up the craziness of this season I mean, and I forgot to mention that Sky Sports used to do the Scottish Cup back then not that wonderful company via play and for their intro of the game, bizarrely enough they were showing Celtic fans that were looking at their phones and listening to like to the radio before the or during the game against Motherwell a week before and it showed you a couple of fans and one of the fans featured was me as I was I had I had a I must have had an iPhone back then, I think I did. And like, I was listening to the radio on it and I was telling the person next to me, I think they've scored. And unfortunately I haven't been able to find the footage because for some reason, that Scottish Cup final has been quite hard to get footage of. I mean, the entire game's up now on the Scottish Cup YouTube channel, but sadly, it's not the Sky Sports coverage, so... I blow to my ego there. But then, if anybody doesn't remember the game, because it was pretty meh, we did score the opening goal in the first half. The only goal you saw, an absolute uh, cracker by Key for about 30 yards out. Then, that great guy, Stephen Cragen, scored an OG. He tried to sort of clear a... I think I he tried to clear a Mark Wilson shot, and it sort of... He, cleared it over the line by accident and then the third goal was an absolute crying free kick a trademark free kick by Charlie Mulgrew so it was all Hamden in the rain instead of the sun but we did get a trophy with the least uh, which we deserved I mean we deserved to win three trophies that season but we only won one and it was a Scottish Cup but it did give us a platform to build on for the next season and 
who knows, maybe in the future we'll be talking about season 2011-2012 in detail, because that was another very odd season for about a thousand reasons. Yeah, well, actually, amazingly, when we asked if we'll do another rewind, uh, people wanted to hear... It was either that, or they wanted to hear a couple of the striking seasons. They wanted to hear about 05, 06, so I guess we can put it to a poll and see what people want to hear, if it's season 2011, 2012, or season 2005, 2006. I don't know where that poll would be, John, so uh, why don't you remind people? It would be on GigPod's Instagram account, which is, of course, at GigPod, and we've been getting a lot of attention there for Stevie's forthright opinions on the manager and everybody else at Celtic Park and no doubt there'll be more of them over the next week. I'll be back with my Rizzo selects as well for the Livingston game. All good. But yes, we will be back next week, and I will come on the pod again next week. We'll be, we're taking a wee slight break for Christmas, but we will be back after the Livingston and Dundee games have been completed, so we'll be back after Boxing Day. So I suppose we better say Merry Christmas to the listeners, Stevie. I suppose we should. Merry Christmas to all the gig pod fans. You truly are one of the greats. We'll obviously do a proper Christmas post as well on our Instagram. But yes, from myself, Stevie, thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks for keeping the abuse at an absolute bare minimum. And hopefully you'll be tuning in again in 2024. Yes, and I echo all that. Merry Christmas to all the listeners. Thank you for all your support this season. You have made two old men very happy. And you can keep supporting us on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify and on all the other podcast platforms by liking and subscribing to the pod, the more subscriptions we get, the better. And we'll be doing more episodes next season. I will be back, even though I took the last week off. I didn't, I wasn't a coward. I just couldn't have bothered more than about Celtic game. So hopefully when I'm back next week, I won't be more than about Celtic, but who can tell these days. Right, we'll speak to you all soon. We'll be back next week. Have a great Christmas, everybody. And hail, hail. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.